Well, today we're beginning a brand new series that adds on to what we're talking about with dreaming in the next five years. And what I want to ask this uh, week and this whole series is, who are you going to be five years from now? You in five years. What is your life going to look like five years from now? So I'd like you to imagine right now that you're at your birthday party five years from today, and whatever your age is right now, just add five years to it. So for example, right now, I'm 51 years old. Some of you look shocked by that because I look like Tom Cruise. I know. I kind of age like him. But uh, uh, five years from now, if someone were to come and they brought balloons, they would have balloons with 56 on my birthday balloons. And that doesn't freak me out whatsoever. But when I think about my two daughters right now who are 13 and 15, five years from now, if someone came to their birthday party, they would have balloons that had 18 and 20. And that freaks me out. Like, it really freaks me out. But folks, I'm looking forward to the 50s. And I hope that whatever next season you're going into, that you're excited as well. And I hope you know this, but God has already gone before you for the next five years, and he's planning things for that season of your life. And he's got this year and all the way up to five years from now to where he wants to do great things in your life. Now, I think sometimes what happens, though, and I talked about the last couple of weeks, when we think of the new year, we get all jazzed up and we're excited about it. And we have New Year's resolutions and we're ready to go after some things. But the problem is, is that we think too small. You know, the reality is most of us underestimate what we can do in the long term and we overestimate what we can do in the short term. Let me say that again. For most of us, we overestimate what we can do in the short term and we underestimate what we can do in the long term. And that's the problem. We look at a short period of time and we think we can do so much. In fact, some of you had some big New Year's resolutions, and the truth is, for about 80% of us, they're already gone. They say after 21 days, they they just go away because we think that we can do way too much in a shorter period of time. But if we took a long period of time, if we took a long period of time, and we could do something. You see, we underestimate what we can do in the long term, and we overestimate what we can do in the short term. So for this series, we're not just going to talk about one year, 2023, but what we're going to be talking about is the next five years. We're not going to have a small mindset. We're going to have a big mindset and to think bigger. We're going to go out and we're going to say something like this. What will my life look like in 2028? What will it look like then? I mean, if I go after it, if I'm really all in, if I believe that the God of the heavens and the earth would come and he is not against me, he is actually for me, the possibility of what God could do in your life over these next five years is amazing. Who could you be 60 months from today? 
You know, I was thinking about it, and the reality is, five years is a lot of time in which you could do a lot of good, but the reality is, you could do a lot of bad, too. Uh, Five years gives us enough time to do this. Uh, Now, let's first of all look at the positive. Uh, In five years, you could learn a second language. With Duolingo and other apps, uh, you could actually go after learning a second language. It reminds me of a story of uh, some friends of ours who are very intellectual, very intelligent, and they lived in China for a long period of time. And one day they came back with their four kids. They wanted to have dinner with us. And as we sat down at the dinner table, uh, it came up about fluency in different languages. And uh, their youngest daughter uh, came up to me. And again, kind of an uppity family, uh, family when it comes to languages. She came up to me and she goes, Chris, I am fluent in three languages. And I was like, oh, that's great. I said, well, what are they? And she's like, Chinese. Mandarin is what we call it, Spanish, and English. I said, oh, that's great. I said, well, I'm actually fluent in three languages too. And she said, you are? And I said, yeah, I can speak English, and I know Spanish, un poquito, but I'm pretty good. And there's other, one other language that you don't have, but I do. It's called hick. And her eyes got real big, and she looked at her mom. She goes, I want to learn Hick. And the mom got really upset, and the, it, like they left very quickly. It was not good. So if you want me to teach you Hick, I can do that, okay? But in five years, folks, you could learn another language. Five years from now, you could have a brand new skill. You could be an apprentice. You could have a trade. You could go to college. You could decide to go to night school and to go to college. And five years from now, you could get your finances in order. Whatever it is that you're dealing with with your finances, you could get them in order. And you could be generous. And you could reach out to God's kingdom and to impact the life of the church. And five years from now, you could have a new car. Five years from now, you could have a house. If you're a kid or any of our students who are here today, what you can do is if you save $1 each day for the next five years, at the end of that time, you would have $1,825. Just think about that. A 10-year-old kid having two grand walking around, you know? It could happen. And In five years, you could master an instrument. In five years, you could master a sport. In five years, you could actually run a marathon. Our uh, next-door neighbor uh, has been training for marathons and long running for over five years. And uh, this a couple of weeks ago, uh, she did something called the Run Disney Goofy Challenge. Has anyone heard of the Run Disney? Disney Goofy Challenge. Okay, well, this is what it is. Uh, You actually run four consecutive days in a row. The first day, you run a 5K. The second day, you run a 10K. The third day, you run a half a marathon. And the fourth day, you run a full marathon. And uh, she did all of this, and she came back, and she was so excited about her dopey challenge. And in five years, folks, you could do that as well. But I want you to know this. If I tried to do this, I would look like this. Dead dopey. 
it would just be like dead dopey. That's who I would be. I would be a dead dopey. But in five years, folks, think about this. If you just read one book a month, you will have read 60 books. Five years from now, if you read just two chapters of the Bible each day, I'd encourage you to do New Testament, Old Testament. But if you did that over the next five years, you would have read through the entire Bible three times. The entire Bible. And think about what would happen if you did that. Your life would change. There would be an impact. The people around you would. You would grow closer to God. You would be stronger if you did that. So that's the positive list of what could happen in the next five years. Let's look at a negative list too. In five years, folks, you could rack up a mountain of debt. Five years from now, you could put on 30 pounds. Five years from now, you could have worked five or six or seven jobs and gone in and out of them the whole time and not be satisfied with anything and actually choose to partially apply yourself and either resign or get fired. Five years from now, you could have a horrible, messy, nasty divorce because you chose not to invest in your spouse over these next five years. Five years from now, you could do enough damage that you could go to jail, you could actually be put in prison, you could actually become addicted to drugs or something even worse. You see, folks, uh, five years is enough time to either do a lot of good or a lot of evil, and it all comes down to what choices that you make over these next five years. What are the decisions that you are going to make? And this kind of leads me to our big idea this morning. This is your first fill-in. And uh, for those of you that are on the stream, this is for your app. And it's this, that the ways you let in become the ways that you are set in. The ways that you let in become the ways that you are set in. Now, the truth is, is that you have your ways and I have my ways. What are our ways? Well, our ways are the words that we choose to speak. Every word that you choose is a word that you choose to speak. And either you have good words that come out or evil words. If we looked at your text right now of who you send text to and what you talk about, we could see it from that. We could see your ways in your social media text. We could see your ways on what you watch on Netflix or Prime or on the internet. We could look at your ways by checking those things out. And the ways that let you let in eventually become the ways that you set in. Now, to help us with our big idea this morning, what I want us to do is look at a passage of scripture in Romans chapter 13. Romans is in the second book of the Bible in the New Testament. And the second half of the Bible, it kind of gives us what Paul is writing back to this church that he started. Just like the jar was started, Paul started a church in Rome, and he built it up, and then he's in prison, and he writes back to the Romans. And in chapter 13, uh, in the message translation, he writes these words. He says, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted. Does that describe anyone here right now? Don't raise your hand, because it would be all of us, including the guy on stage. 
There are moments that we get self-absorbed. There are moments that we are just exhausted in this thing called life. What are we absorbed and exhausted in what? Well, this is what Paul says. Taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of the time and you doze off oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. And so the question becomes then, what is it that God is doing? It says God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. Now, that word salvation is a word that sometimes we get a little bit overwhelmed by. Because maybe you've heard someone go like this before. Are you saved? And all of a sudden you're like, what am I saved from? Or what am I saved to? Like it freaks you out. Now, the word salvation actually means to be made whole or complete. What God wants to do in your life today and over the next five years is to make you more whole, to make you more complete. Salvation, folks, is not a point. It's actually a process. God is continuing to save us, to bring wholeness and completeness into our lives. God is constantly working in us if we'll allow him. Well, in these couple of verses, what Paul does is he gives us some perspectives of the life that you're stuck with. Whatever life you're in right now, that's the one, today at least, that you're stuck with. And he gives us some perspectives uh, from this. Here's the first one. Time is not on our side. Simply put, folks, time is not on our side. In this passage, Paul says this, the night is about to be over. The dawn is about to break. In other words, he's referring to to the end of our lives. Jesus uh, had a brother, and he had many brothers and sisters, but one of his brothers was a guy by the name of James. He was very close to him. If anyone knew Jesus, it would have been his brother. And this is what James wrote about when it came to our time on earth. James says this, your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Aren't you? Aren't you glad you're on the stream? But you know, I hate to admit it, but the truth is, folks, is that James is right. He's right. Right now, many of you are going through life, and you're very busy, and you're overwhelmed, and there's all kinds of things that are going, and you're kind of absorbed and exhausted if you were truthful. And the reality is, you're doing life right now, and there's all kinds of stuff that's taking place. You're buying stuff, you're doing stuff, you're going places. There's this mad rush that's happening in your life. And, you know, some of you are double-clicking right now on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you don't stop, you know, like all that kind of stuff. We're, we're, We're absorbed with social media, the amount of time that we actually spend in it But just before you know it, the TikTok's going to stop and your life's going to be over. And what legacy are you going to leave? I just officiated at a funeral on Friday. So it happens, folks. People don't last forever. Now, 
I know that some of you, some of you that are our students who are in your teens or you're in your 20s or your 30s, you're like, no, 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 you're not talking about me. My life is indestructible. I mean, I, I can't have that going on at all. And you know what? I'm in the prime of my life, Chris. I'm a stud. I'm a studette. I, I've got it together. Folks, this is the truth. You're going to blink, and what happens is life goes fast, very, very fast, just like that. And the older that you get, the faster that it actually goes. Time is not on your side. The second perspective we learn in Romans 13 uh, to help us as we think about the life we're stuck with is this. Your future you... So whatever your future is, your future you is simply an exaggerated version of your current you. Your future you is simply an exaggerated version of your current view. So, you know, when we think about the future, sometimes what happens is we romanticize it and we get all excited and it becomes very mysterious. Like, who am I going to be when I grow up? What am I going to be like when I get so old? What is my life going to be like? Who am I going to be? You know who you're going to be? You're going to be exactly who you are right now, just exaggerated. You're going to be exactly who you are right now, just exaggerated. Folks, if you want to know what you're going to look like five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, just look at yourself and then just add some miles on the odometer. That's who you're going to be. Now, you might ask, well, Bunch, what do you mean by that? Like, what are you saying when you say, I'm going to be exactly who I am, but just exaggerate? This is what I mean. If you're kind today, you're actually just going to be kinder in the future. You see, what happens with life typically is we deepen in life. We mature in life. And so if you're kind today, you'll be kinder in the future. If you're generous today, you will be more generous in the future. If you are disciplined with your time today, you will be more disciplined in the future. But the opposite is true also. If you're cruel today, you'll be crueler in the future. If you're mean today, you'll be meaner in the future. If you're harsh today, you'll be harsher in the future. If you judge people today, you will simply judge people more in the future. And so what I'm trying to say is this. So everybody just kind of look up and listen to this. Time doesn't change who you are. It simply reveals who you are and makes you more of who you are. Time doesn't change who you are. It just reveals who you are and makes you more of who you are. Now, some of you are pushing back right now. You're like, no, 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 Chris, that's not true. I can change. Something can be different. That's partially true. But Chris, I'm not sure about that. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 27 says this. If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find who? You. If you diligently seek for good, if you see the good in other people, if you see the good in your uh, people that you work with, if you look for good in situations, if you're looking for good in the world, guess what? As you get older, you will find favor. 
But if you seek trouble, if you seek evil, if you're the first to find the problem in other people's lives, if you always find the negative in the situations of other people, then you'll find trouble. Scripture says this, you reap what you sow. An agricultural term, but it's very true. You reap what you sow. If you reap or if you uh, sow a harsh, critical spirit, that always comes back to you. So your future you, whatever your future you is in five years, is not too mysterious, folks. It's actually your current you just exaggerate. But there is good news. And the good news will come at the end of what I'm going to read, but Paul tells us some really good news. This is what he says in Romans 13. We can't afford to waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity or indulgence, in sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of your bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger. Now, folks, that describes a lot of people, doesn't it? It might describe, not you, but your relatives. You know what I mean? Other, other people. It's never me, it's someone else. But we just have this sense of, like, I'm just going to loiter. I'm going to linger. I'm going to waste time. Wah, 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 wah. In the future, I'll serve God. In the future, I'll be generous. In the future, I'll tithe. In the future, I'll bring my kids to church. In the future, in the future, I'll do all of these things. But right now, I just want to have fun. I want to do what I'm doing. And, Chris, I'm here right now. I'm watching on the stream. Look, like, like that's enough, right? That's enough. And Paul says this, each day, dress yourselves in Christ. That's what he says, dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about when? Right now, like today. And this leads us to our last perspective. And here's the good news that he gives us And it's, if you're stuck in your life, it's this. If you don't like what you're getting, then you can change what you're doing. If you don't like what you're getting, you get to change what you're doing. How do you do that? Paul says, you get up each morning and you dress yourselves with Christ. What does that mean? Just as you put on your clothes each morning, when you wake up in the morning and you put your clothes on, the first thing you do is say, I want to be dressed in Christ today. In other words, Jesus, show me how you want me to live today, right now, in this moment, because how you live today will be how you live five years from now. In other words, ask him, what do you want me to do? And then take some steps. For some of you, it might be reading the Bible. You've kind of given up on that. We have a reading plan. You could do that. For some of you, it's prayer. We have a way that you could pray. Stop by Guest Connections. Go on the website. Start doing this. It will change your life. And when you wake up in the morning, just like you put on your clothes, you put on Christ and you say, I'm going to follow him. Now, let me ask you a question. If you look back to your life five years from now, Are you living the life that you thought you'd be living? Do you have the character that you hoped you would have? Are you making the choices 
that you thought you would have made if you look back on your life. Folks, you need to know that the future is not going to change you. You are going to change you. Your future is just your current you exaggerated. And so if you're going to do anything to change, it will be up to you. So if you don't like what you're getting right now, this is the good news. You can change what you're doing. You can change what you're doing. You can make different choices. You can make different decisions. You can make different values. You can value different things. For some of you, one of those things that you should do is be baptized. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to be teaching a baptism class. And for some of you, you've never made that commitment. And the reason is, is because you say to yourself, I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I don't have it all together. And once I get it all together, I will. Folks, you'll never have it all together. That's why God says, step into this commitment of baptism of saying, where I'm at right now, I want more of you in my life. And it changes your future when you make that commitment. And so if you're interested in getting baptized at all, then on the Connect card, there's a place that you just check that say, hey, I'm interested. Or on the JAR app, you can go ahead and go on the baptism and you can check that. And in a couple weeks, we'll be doing that. And you could see your life change stepping into this next season of your life, these next five years in a new way. Folks, it's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to not let your heart be hardened or to surrender, to yield, to repent, to ask for forgiveness, to say, God, I'm changing today with whatever relationship you're in, with whatever you're going through. You know, often at the beginning of the year, what we do is we have these big dreams, these big thoughts, and we imagine what we're going to be. And it's important to dream. It's very, very important for us to dream. I I talked about the last two weeks. You can check it out. We need big dreams. But many times, what we think is that we can do this entire big dream or this entire big thing if we just have a huge intensity about us. You see this happen at the beginning of the year all the time. People will say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in a week. I'm going to run five miles every single day. I'm going to overcome my addiction by going to three meetings here in a row. I'm going to get totally out of debt in one month. And so we often think that we have this big thing, and if we just give high intensity to it, it'll change. But instead, if we really want to change, if we really want to be different five years than we are today, it's not the big things with intensity, but it's the small things with consistency. And we'll talk about that more next week. It's not the big things with intensity, I'm going to go after it. It's the small things with consistency, doing it every day. Let me share a picture of this as we close of a study that I read recently uh, where they did a research on uh, the use of sunscreen uh, in Australia. They took 900 people uh, from Australia. Average age of that 900 group was 39 years old. And they took one group and they decided that what they would do is they would ask them, whenever it's sunny outside, we want you to take SPF 50 and just lather up. 
I mean, just put it all over you whenever it's sunny. So when you're at the beach, when you're at work, when it's real sunny out, whenever it's sunny, we want you to just lather up with SPF 50. That's typically what we do, isn't it? Then they took a second group and they said, what we want you to do is every single day to put on SPF 15. 15? What's 15 going to do? That's like cancer, right? Like 15. They said, no, no, we want you to put this on every single day. You mean every day? Yeah. Like if you're in Alaska, there's no sun whatsoever. We want you to put it on. When you're in your house, if you don't go out, you're sick for a while. We want you to put it on. Just every single day, we want you to put on SPF 15, no matter where you're at. And after... Four and a half years, which is kind of close to what? Five years. This is what they found. They took each of the groups and they took their before and after picture. And the group that was told to lather it on with that high-powered 50 SPF on only when it was sunny outside... When they compared the pictures of the two, not only the researchers, but the people that were a part of the process are like, oh my gosh, look, I've aged. There's a blemish there. There's something different there. Uh, It's totally true. Like, I've aged. And they looked older. They're like, dang it. Holy cow. Then they took the second group who had done SPF 15 every single day for five years. And you would not believe it. When they looked at the two pictures, what they found is, is that they had not aged at all. Their pictures looked virtually the same. It turns out, small, slow, Ongoing consistency, lathering up every single day, beats, oh man, it's really sunny today, I better put the 50 on all over my body, intensity. Now listen to me. What's true of your skin is also true of your soul. What are you putting in your soul? And let's go back to the very beginning. The question, what is the life that you're stuck with? I was thinking about it as we close today. Uh, Maybe when you were little, you had a parent that would tell you if you made a nasty face or an ugly face, they'd say, don't do that because your face will get what? Stuck like that. And in the same way, whatever you're putting in your mind whatever you're doing with your spirit, it will be stuck the same way. The life that you're stuck with is the life you make. So the key is to make a good one. Because if you don't, five years from today, you'll have a wrinkled soul. And God doesn't want that for your life. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for allowing your spirit to come and to move in this place.
God, you, would you remind each person right now that they have the power to change, to be different, to do something that they could not even dare to believe or ask or dream of. So right now, if there is a change in your life that you want to make, a soul change, a change in a relationship, some change that you have, but the reality is you can't do it on your own. You've tried, and if you could have done it, it would have already changed, but you can't. You need God's help to do that. I'm going to invite you to just raise your hand. No one looking around, just raise your hand. God, there's a change in my life. I want to do the right thing, but I need your help. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for each hand that's lifted up. These people want to change. They want to do right things. They want to be different. I pray right now that you would be with each one of them. God, that you would move in a great way in each one of their lives. Every single person on the stream, that they would seek you and know you. And as they clothe themselves each day with you, that there will be evident changes that take place and they would look more and more like you. God, move as only you can move in their lives. Give them the desire to do the small things each day. And when they miss a day, God, Help them to come back and say, I'm forgiven, I'm loved, I start afresh again so that your name would be made great and the life that they've been stuck with would be changed and they would look different and they would look more like you. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You can put your hands down. Now, for some of you, maybe the reality is you've never clothed yourself with Christ. You've never said, hey, I want to begin every single day being clothed by him. You've never made that commitment. You've always thought, you know what, my life's too messed up. I got to get it all together first. Or you've drifted from him and, and I'm not sure. No, no, no. That's not the way that God works. God doesn't say, wait until your life is put all together and then come to me. What he actually says is, I'll come down to you where you're at. All you have to do is look up to me. Just one glance, and I'll be there. And so maybe for some of you today, today is your day. Today is your day to say, you know what? I do want to be different five years from now than what I am today. And that begins with a relationship with God. I need you in my life. I need your love. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need a new chance with you. And if that's you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we pray together. And I invite you all of us, to simply, if you feel comfortable, to repeat this prayer after me. Just repeat it after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.